0: Today we are continuing uh, this new series that we started last week that's called Shape, where we're taking some time to be able to unpack a little bit about who we are and about the ways in which God has uniquely shaped each one of us to be able to make a difference in the world. And so we started this series last week where we had a look at Psalm 139 and we talked about the image of God as the master craftsman. And we used a number of different metaphors there. We talked about God as a painter. We talked about God as a gourmet chef. We talked about God as a songwriter. So it's about God as a woodturner, and this idea that God shapes each one of us uniquely into these amazing masterpieces that he's created, and that he does that from the moment that we're conceived, that all of us are here for a purpose, and to be able to, as I said, make a difference in the world. So SHAPE, mentioned last week briefly, stands for spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. And so over the next five weeks, we're going to take some time to be able to unpack each of those. And uh, this is something that was come up with uh, by a pastor named Rick Warren in the US, who's uh, the pastor of a church called Saddleback Church. And uh, he put this together many, many years ago. Uh, but I've always found it one of the most helpful resources in terms of us being able to dig in a little bit to the ways in which God has uniquely shaped each one of us. So as we begin today's message, uh, I want to ask you to think of a time where you were given a present that was really, really amazing. So it could have been a birthday present, it could have been a Christmas present, it could have been an anniversary present, but just think of a time where you were given an amazing present. As I was thinking about it this week, uh, I was thinking back to when I was a kid and I was given a bike. I think it was my first bike. But I don't have a lot of memories exactly of which bikes I was given at which times, but I know that there's this photo floating around of me riding this bike around in our backyard on the day that I was given it, on my birthday. It was one of these things where I couldn't wait to be able to jump on the bike and to be able to ride it around. I didn't even wait to go out in the street, just straight away in the backyard on the back of the bike. Couldn't wait. It was awesome. Uh, Ali recently celebrated a significant birthday. I not say which significant birthday it was, but a significant birthday. And uh, it was also our anniversary a couple of weeks later. And so uh, we decided that we would get a really fancy coffee machine as part of Ali's gift, but also as our anniversary present as well. And so uh, we got this really clever, automatic order, uh, coffee machine that makes all this amazing coffee. And so when we got it, we couldn't wait to unwrap it, unbox it, set it all up, and be able to taste the coffee. And we've been enjoying it ever since. I think back a number of years ago to when uh, we got a PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 is about to come out, so we're very excited about that in the next year or so, that that will be another present that we're looking forward to unwrapping. Uh, But I do remember when we got our PlayStation 4, and again, unboxing it, unwrapping it, plugging it all in, and then being able to play it for the first time was really, really awesome. So hopefully you've been able to come up with a present that you can remember where it was similar for you. And when we receive presents like that, we just wanna put them to use. We don't receive a present like that and say, wow, that's really great. Now I'm going to put it on the shelf and I'm never going to touch it again. When we receive presents like that, we want to put them to use. We want to be able to say, this is going to be great. I can't wait to try it out. As we talk about this idea of spiritual gifts, sometimes we can be so focused on the spiritual part of it and so wrapped up in some of the spiritual elements of it that we forget about the second word, gift. Now these are supposed to be gifts that are given to us. And that God's perspective for us as he gives us these gifts is that he wants us to be able to put them to use. He wants us to be able to experience that sense of joy and excitement about what it looks like to be able to receive an amazing present and say, "I can't wait to try this out." So as we go through today's message, I want you to hold on to that image. To think about this idea of God giving us gifts Not as this thing that's kind of all spiritual and off to the side a bit, but being able to say, what does it look like to be able to receive this gift and to be able to put it into practice? So a quick overview about spiritual gifts, and then we'll dig in a little bit further to it. So the simplest definition is that spiritual gifts are special abilities given by God to be used for special purposes. Spiritual gifts are special abilities given by God to be able to be used for spiritual purposes. And this is one of the key differences between spiritual gifts and abilities or natural talents, which we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks, is that spiritual gifts are primarily designed to be used in a spiritual context. So they're designed to be used in the context of a ministry, so youth ministry, kids ministry, as a part of a church, whether that's our services and our gatherings, whether that's in a small group context, whether that's just praying for someone supporting someone, helping them in their walk with Jesus. Spiritual gifts are primarily designed to be used in that context. Now, spiritual gifts can also be used in a non-spiritual context, but they're primarily designed to be used in a spiritual context. When we talk about abilities in a couple of weeks, we'll recognise that abilities can be used in a spiritual context, but they're things that are more natural gifts that everyone has regardless of whether they follow Jesus or not, and they can be used outside of ministry context just as much. So spiritual gifts, we understand, are also distributed by the Holy Spirit, and we'll dig into that a little bit more. But what we mean by that is that everyone who chooses to follow Jesus has at least one spiritual gift. So if you're someone who follows Jesus, I've got great news for you, you have at least one spiritual gift. Congratulations. And as we go through, you're hopefully going to understand a bit more about what that looks like. There are no wrong spiritual gifts, and none of the spiritual gifts are better or worse than any of the others, and that's going to be important, as we'll see, too. Spiritual gifts are given, they're not earned. So sometimes we can fall into the trap of thinking that they're kind of like badges or it's like levelling up where we have this sense of, well, if I do enough, then I'll be able to get to the next level and I'll get the next spiritual gift. That's not how they work at all. They are gifts which are given freely and it's not about us trying hard enough and saying, well, if I work a bit harder, then God might give me these spiritual gifts. And at the end of the day, spiritual gifts help us to understand what we do when we serve. So we recognise that all of us are called into service to serve the people around us, to be able to serve our church family and spiritual gifts help to give us some clarity about what it is we do when we step into roles where we serve. So let's dig a little bit deeper into all of those. First of all, spiritual gifts we understand are given to everyone by the Holy Spirit. So Romans 12 verse 6 says, In his grace God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. In 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 6, which is the other key passage, so we're going to flip between Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 a lot today, says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. So our understanding is that every single one of us get gifts, but all of us get them from the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a couple of ways of understanding that, a couple of different schools of thought. For some people, they would say uh, that when we choose to follow Jesus, so when we make a decision to say, yes, I want to accept Jesus and I want to live the way that he's got for me, uh, at that moment, the Holy Spirit then allows us to have these gifts released into our life. And all of a sudden, we have these special gifts that we can use that we'll talk more about. But I read this week a different perspective that I think is really, really helpful, especially following on from what we talked about last week, about this idea that God knits us together in our mother's womb, and that everything about who we are is put together right from the very beginning. And the image there is to say that all of us are actually given spiritual gifts at the moment that we are created. But as we choose to follow Jesus, we then tune in a little bit more to what the Holy Spirit is saying and to what Jesus is saying to us. And as we learn to hear the voice of Jesus and what Jesus is saying to us, we have a greater sense of being able to recognise, huh, I've just discovered these gifts that I might have always had. One way that that was phrased was to be able to kind of talk about the idea that there's a room that we'd never actually gone in, and the Holy Spirit kind of opens the door and says, look, look what's in here. I'm like, "Oh, that's very exciting. And there are the gifts that we've got. Regardless of which way it works, and I don't think it really matters, the understanding is that the Holy Spirit helps us to understand what those are. But again, the key point is that every single one of us have these gifts, Secondly, we understand that spiritual gifts are designed to be used with enthusiasm. So Romans 12, uh, following on the rest of verse six through to verse 13, says in his grace, God's given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God's given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. So in some ways, what we're reminded here is that it's not so much about which gifts that we have, but it's about the way in which we use them. Listen again to some of the words that we've just read. Serve and teach well. Give generously. Take responsibility seriously. Do it gladly. Really love people work hard, serve enthusiastically, be ready, be eager. We're told over and over again that whatever the gifts are that we've got, God's challenge to us is to say, are you using this enthusiastically? And this follows on well from what we talked about last week about the idea of putting our lives before God as an offering and saying, God, we want to give you our very best. Every part of who we are, we want to give you what you have given to us. We want to give that back so that you can use it for your purposes. So the question is, with the gifts that we've got, are we using them to the best of our ability? Are we using them enthusiastically? We're also told that spiritual gifts are designed to be used together. So Romans 12 verses 4 and 5 says, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 21 is another passage that a lot of us are very familiar with that we've talked about uh, throughout this year as well, which is that image that Paul uses of the human body. And being able to say how crazy it would be to say, well, because I'm not an ear. Therefore, I'm not a part of the body. Or because I'm not a foot, I'm not a part of the body. And how crazy it would be to say, I'm a nose, but because I can't see things, that means that I don't belong. Or I'm a little finger, but I really wish that I was a little toe because I would rather be that. That's just crazy. Paul uses this image to say, we're created to work together, to be like a body where everything depends on each other and works with each other. And this is one of the dangers that I am very aware of with a series like this, where we spend a lot of time talking about ourselves and being able to say, what is my shape? How has God uniquely made me? What is my purpose? What's God got for me to do? It's a very key thing that we can just end up focusing on, especially because we live in a culture that is very me-centred. Now, all of that is very, very true. We are all uniquely created and uniquely shaped. That's why we're taking the time to go through what we are. However, it's also true that every other person is uniquely created and uniquely shaped. And so part of this is about us being able to cheer each other on and being able to encourage each other and say, not only am I uniquely shaped and gifted and created, but so are you. And that's really awesome. And these are the things that I see in you. But it's also about us being able to understand more about ourselves so that we can work together. We want to discover the ways in which God has created each one of us uniquely to be able to play a role collectively, to be able to do the things that we've got to do for the benefit of all of us. We're given spiritual gifts so that we can work together to be able to do the things that God's got for us to be able to do. And along these lines, we're also reminded that spiritual gifts are also equally important. So First Corinthians 12 verses 22 to 26 says, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts that we regard as less honourable are those that we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honourable parts don't require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honour and care is given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honoured, all of the parts are glad. As we talk about spiritual gifts, there is this big risk that we take where we start to rank them and say these gifts are more important than these gifts or these gifts are actually less important than these gifts. And this is where it's important for us to remember the context in which everything's written. And so this letter that Paul was writing to the church in a place called Corinth was written primarily to address disunity. Paul wrote to this church that was this melting pot of all these people who are coming from all these different backgrounds, all these different cultures, all these different beliefs, and they were trying to work together about what does it mean for us to follow Jesus together. And they were having a fairly hard time trying to do that. And so Paul's letter is primarily saying, here are the things that you need to focus on that help to bring unity. And so this passage that often we have spent a lot of time talking about, First Corinthians chapter 12, it's very familiar to us. The whole purpose of it was to talk about unity. The purpose was not to say, here's all the different gifts and so you better make sure that you're using your gifts. It was to say, we're created to work together to be able to have a sense of common purpose and a sense of common unity. So the danger is that if we start to rank the gifts, then one of two things happen. We start to say, well, my gifts aren't that important. And so we belittle ourselves and we say, well, my gift isn't as good as that gift or it's not as important as that gift, so I guess that I'm not actually that important at all. We feel like we've got nothing to offer. We feel like other people are better than us. And so that creates disunity. At the other extreme, if we say, I've got the best gift and the gifts that I've got are really, really important gifts and they're actually better than yours, then that creates a whole bunch of other issues, which also ends up creating a sense of disunity because it becomes all about us, how amazing I am and how amazing my gifts are. All of the gifts are completely equal in God's sight. He doesn't rank them. He doesn't say these are better. He doesn't give some to people who are more special and then keep the leftovers for others. All of the gifts are completely equal. And that's important, as we're going to see, regardless of whether the gifts mean that we serve in a role that's up front, where people see us, or whether we serve in roles that are behind the scenes, where people don't necessarily see things. Now, one quick little flag, just at the end of chapter 12, is that Paul makes this comment where he says, earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. And some translations have actually said, earnestly desire the greater gifts which seems to go against what I've just uh, just said. Again, it seems like, hold on a minute, there is a ranking system because Paul says, desire the ones that are really, really good. But I think that translation of being able to say, earnestly desire the most helpful gift is really good. Because at the end of the day, the most helpful gift that you can pursue is the one that God has given you. The one that enables you to be able to make the greatest difference in the world is the gift that you should earnestly desire. And so this comes back to what we talked about earlier earnestly, enthusiastically using the gifts that God's got for us. So there is a massive list of spiritual gifts. And so uh, the video that Joe showed earlier has a list of them. Uh, We've got a list of them all up here as well. And uh, there are lots and lots of different gifts. And we're not going to go through all of them because that would take the rest of the morning for us to unpack each one. But it is helpful for us to recognise there is a pretty big list. But it's also important to recognise that none of the lists are necessarily the definitive list. So some lists of gifts have more gifts than this, some have less than this. And the point of that is to say that it's not an exhaustive list where here's the full list and so that's it. It is supposed to be about examples, to be able to say here are the sorts of things, and Paul often uses that language, the sorts of things that are spiritual gifts. So this is the group that we're going to use because this is the most commonly used one. Uh, But if you do hear other people talking about other gifts, um, that's totally fine as well. They're allowed to do that. So I thought it might be helpful this morning to be able to just talk about a few of the key gifts and to just use them as illustrations to say this is what they look like, but most importantly this is how they can be used behind the scenes. Now this week, there is an exercise that I'm going to give you to be able to do where you can discover what your spiritual gifts are. And as a part of that, there is that big list and an explanation of what all of those different gifts are and the ways in which they can be used. So you will receive that uh, before we end the service, Uh, but for now I just wanted to zoom in on a few of them. And I've intentionally picked some that are more behind the scenes gifts, because again, I think sometimes we can be so focused on gifts like leadership. Or teaching. Some of the ones that are a bit more upfront that we then feel like, well, if we've got one of the other gifts, it's not quite as important. So I begin with uh, the gift of faith. And the gift of faith is really trusting that God can do big things and trusting in God's provision. That's what the gift of faith is. Now, as with a lot of the gifts, all of us are called to have a level of trust in Jesus. We just heard a song about that just before. So all of us are called to trust in God, that God has a bigger purpose for us and that God is at work. And all of us are called to trust in God's provision. But people who have the gift of faith seem to have this amazing ability to be able to trust God for really big things and to be able to trust in God's provision even when things are really, really hard. So this is a really important gift if you've got it for us as a church because you challenge us make sure that we are keeping our eyes on what God can do, not on what we can do. And you challenge us about what it looks like to trust in God's provision for what we need, not just to trust in our own resources. Now, Monday night, we had a board meeting. And as a part of our board meeting, we looked at an article, which we do each week. Uh, We just use that as a way of being able to talk about some different things. And part of that article actually challenged us exactly about this, to say, what does it mean for us to be able to trust God not just to trust in ourselves. Because it is really easy for us to say, well, we can do all of these things and we've got the resourcing to be able to do all of this. But God wants to challenge us to be able to go deeper. And my suspicion is that a couple of the people around the table at the board meeting have the gift of faith because some of the things that they were saying indicated very much about we should be trusting God for more than just what we're trusting in now. We should be trusting in God's provision, not just in what we can do by ourselves. So if you have this gift, this is really, really important because you challenge us to make sure that we keep our eyes on what God can do, not just on what we can do. Gift of hospitality is another good one to be able to talk about. So uh, I'll define the gift of hospitality as creating environments for people to feel welcome. At the end of the day, if you have the gift of hospitality, you just love creating space for people to feel like they belong. You're probably someone who loves having people over to your house. Now you may or may not be someone who likes engaging with people, so you might like setting the environment up but not necessarily actually speaking to people, and that's okay, you still have the gift of hospitality. This is really, really important because we want to recognise that everyone needs to feel like they belong. And particularly for us as a church, as we think about the environment that people step into, we want people to feel like they're home. We want people to feel like they're welcomed into our family. And so if you have the gift of hospitality, your radar's up about that all the time. How do we help people to feel like they belong? How do we help people to feel like they're home here? And the easiest way to understand this is all of us have probably been to different events where it's been really, really good, but we haven't really felt that sense of home and belonging. So you might have been to visit another church, you might have been to a conference, you might have been somewhere, and it might have been really, really helpful, but at the end of the day, you walked away and you didn't really feel like you belonged. That's the difference between having someone who has the gift of hospitality, who's a part of planning the event, and not. So we want to have people who have the gift of hospitality who help us to be able to create this amazing, welcoming, belonging environment. Another example is the gift of help. And so uh, this easily is understood as people who serve behind the scenes. At the end of the day, you're someone who just loves to get things done. So this might be a little bit of a surprise to you, that if you're someone who just loves to get things done, you might think, well, that's just who I am. I just like to help around the place. That's actually a spiritual gift. And when you use that gift, you are helping us in terms of what God's got for us to do. That's not just you getting some things done and helping out and let's hope no one notices. That's you enthusiastically using your spiritual gift, which is really, really awesome. And why is this important? Because if people like you don't step up, then a lot of things don't get done. At the end of the day, we need you because you help us to be able to do the things that we do together. But it also means that when you use your gift of help, you're freeing other people up to be able to use their gifts because a bunch of the things that you do and that you take care of mean that other people don't have to do those things. And the more that you use your gift of helping behind the scenes, the more that that frees other people up who might have other gifts to be able to use their gifts as well. The important thing with this is to not minimise it. And that's the big challenge. Well, I just do what I do. i just behind the scenes. I don't wanna make a big fuss but it's as equally important as any other gift that we can look at. Another example is the gift of intercession, which is really about the gift of prayer. Some of you are people who just love praying. You love praying for other people and you love spending time with God. Now, this is another example that, yes, all of us are called to spend time with God and are called to spend time praying. But you're someone who just cannot help yourself that when you're told that there's something to pray for, you want to pray straight away and get onto it. You're someone who just loves spending extended amounts of time praying and spending that time with God. Now, it might come as a surprise to you that not all of us are wired that way. Some of us actually find it really hard to spend time in prayer. We still do it because we know that it's important, but for you, it's just something that's completely natural. And that's super important for us because you are people who help to remind us that prayer is really important. But this is also important to understand because I know some of you are frustrated because you used to be able to do a lot more and now you can't do as much for all sorts of different reasons, because of health, because of time, because of all sorts of different things. And sometimes, again, you can find yourself minimising the impact that you can have. But if you're someone who loves to pray, that's you using your spiritual gift And that's a huge gift to me, that's a huge gift to our church family, that's a huge gift to our neighbourhoods around us as you continue to seek God and as you continue to pray for the things that God puts on your heart. So please continue to do that. Some of you are prayer warriors and we need you to continue to go into battle for us and to continue to pray for us. You have a key role to play. I'll give you one other example. And this is the gift of encouragement. Again, some of you just do this naturally where well, you can't help yourselves but say nice things to other people and encourage other people and say thank you to other people. You can't help but send messages to people, give people a phone call, be able to check in with how someone's doing and you just think that's natural. That's how everyone works. Well, it's not. <laughs> that's a part of your spiritual gifting. And we need you because you help all of us to step up We've talked a lot about the idea that encouragement is about giving courage to others. When you use the gift of encouragement, when you send that message to someone, when you make that phone call, when you check in with someone, when you say, I was thinking of you or I'm so grateful for you or thank you for this thing that you did, that makes a huge difference in people's lives. So don't minimise that and say, oh, that's not that big a deal. It is. That's you using your gift and we desperately need you. So... I know that's a lot of information. The good news is you're gonna have more time to be able to unpack that through this week. And I'll talk more about that in a sec, but before we get there, I wanna just give us a couple of moments to be able to take some time to reflect and to think about this question, how do I feel about spiritual gifts? As I just think about this, and some of us, we have heard about this before and we might not have thought about it for a while. Some of us have maybe never thought or heard about the idea of spiritual gifts. How do we feel about the idea of spiritual gifts? How do we feel about this idea that God has given me some gifts and he wants me to be able to use them? Go back to that image from the beginning about the idea of receiving a present and being able to say, I can't wait to put this to use. How much do we have the same mindset about discovering what our spiritual gifts are? Are we excited about being able to say, wow, that's really incredible. I can't wait to find out what my gifts are or to remind myself again about what my gifts are and to be able to put them to use. You might want to spend a little bit of time just thinking about your initial thoughts about what your spiritual gifts might be. And again, there's an exercise that you'll do this week that will help you with that. But just what are some initial thoughts? We're going to take a couple of moments. You can jot some thoughts down. You can turn to the person next to you and be able to talk to them. But just take a couple of moments. What are your initial thoughts? How do you feel about the idea of being given spiritual gifts? And then we'll come back together. So for each week through this series, uh, we're gonna give you an opportunity to be able to take some intentional next steps around us. And this is something that we did earlier in the year. If you think back to February when we kicked our year off, we had some exercises for you to be able to do at home. And this is another one of those. And so this is what's called a spiritual gift assessment. And uh, so it sounds very formal, but it's not, it's okay. And so uh, there's two things that you're gonna get. I'm gonna have my people who have the gift of helps who are gonna come forward. So Rachel and Erin, <laughs> if you wanna come forward. One of these is a booklet. And so I wanna give one of these per household or family uh, because we didn't wanna use an unlimited number amount of paper. So one of them per household, but then you can have as many of these assessments as you would like as people that are in your family. So if you're a household of two, two of these and one of these. If you're a family, one of these and then as many of these as there are people in your family. Thank you to my fabulous helpers. So as they're handing that out, I'll explain a little bit about what it looks like. So inside of the booklet, there are a whole bunch of statements. And so the idea is that you read those statements and then you think to yourself, would I say that that is something that's never true about me, something that's always true about me, or something that sits somewhere in the middle? And uh, the ranking system is you give yourself a zero if it's never true about you, you give yourself a three if it's always true about you, and then again a one or a two if it's somewhere in the middle. Now, a couple of things with that. Make sure that you're really, really honest. The danger with doing this is that you always think to yourself, and I promise this is gonna happen. Well, that's not, that's not very good, That <laughs> I'm ranking myself a zero for that. That's, I should be much better, and that's, that's really important. No one else is gonna see what your answers are to this. There is gonna be an opportunity to be able to explore a little bit about what your gifts are later if you would like to do that. But in terms of the specific answers and whether you put down a zero, a one, a two or a three for any of the statements, you're the only one who's going to see that. So be really, really honest. And if your brain says, well, I should put this down or I wish that this was true about me, stop it right there, it's what's true about you. I've always found it the most helpful to say, whatever is the first thought that comes into your mind is generally the right thought. The minute that you start analyzing your answer means you're probably going to sway what your results are. So the immediate answer that you've got is the most important. It is totally fine to put down zeros for statements, okay? I wanna say that up front, it's totally fine. I will and I always have every time I've done this. There are some statements that are definitely not true about me and it's always hard to admit that, but just do it. Say a zero if it's true for you. You'll then go through, and so on the assessment sheets, uh, what you'll see is that you can then add across the lines and uh, come up with a total of how many that you've got at that point. Um, are we good? Do we need some? You all right? Uh, we, just need more books. we need more books. Okay, who doesn't have a book yet? Okay, so there's a couple. We've got two, so we don't need one. Here's another one. Has everyone got one now? Nope, okay, Rachel or Erin. So I will do some more, there are some more, yes? You can email that to us. Not really, because it's a booklet, so it's too complicated. So I do have a couple more in my office, so uh, if you didn't get one, then come and see me afterwards. So David, anyone else not get one? All right, so we just need one more, so we'll organize that afterwards. Um, There should be enough of these though. Has everyone got these? Yeah, okay, good. So uh, at the end, you will then tally up across the lines, and that will give you a number for each of the spiritual gifts, uh, and then you'll look at, so if you look halfway through the booklet, you'll then see that there's a summary, that big list of all of the different gifts, and then after that is a list of um, explanations and definitions of what each of the gifts is all about. So you can take some time during the week to read all of them if you like. But at a minimum, I would encourage you to at least work out what your top three gifts are and then take some time exploring what they look like. Part of that is then to spend some time reflecting and saying, what does it look like for me to enthusiastically use these gifts this week? All of them have a very practical outcome and most of you will probably find, oh, that's why I really love doing that. (laughs) And so it's not necessarily about doing more things but it's just about doing it with a renewed sense of clarity and passion about the reason why you love doing the things that you do. Now, if you have any trouble with it at all, please feel free to give me a call or shoot me an email. I'm happy to chat a little bit more if you get stuck or you're not sure about anything, Uh, or if you wanna unpack something that you discover through your gifts. I'm happy to talk a bit more about what some of the gifts are, so if that's helpful, please let me know. At the end of the series, we're going to give you a summary sheet where you will summarise all of the things that you learn over the next five weeks. So there'll be a space to be able to put down what your spiritual gifts are. There'll be a space to write down some of what you learn next week about what your heart and your passions are. There'll be a space to write down about your abilities and so on. And after that, there will be an opportunity, if you're interested, to be able to get together and to be able to unpack a little bit about that. Because as the weeks roll on, you'll start to see some common themes coming through. And again, for most of us it's not a surprise, it's just clarifying to say, oh, that makes so much sense now. But there is gonna be an opportunity to be able to do that. So make sure that you keep your assessment sheet somewhere so that you'll then have that uh, at the end. practical homework for you. I hope that you enjoy doing that. And uh, I want to encourage you to just think about the idea Christmas is coming. We think about these boxes that we're sending to the kids in the developing world and how excited they're going to be to open up their presents. Don't treat this as an administrative exercise that you have to do that's going to be really boring. Treat it as you unwrapping your presents and being able to discover the gifts that God has given to you. So I'm going to pray and then I'll hand over to Tim, who's going to lead us around the communion table. God, we thank you that you have given each one of us spiritual gifts, and we thank you that that is something that you want us to be able to use, Uh, that this isn't something that's supposed to be onerous, something that weighs us down, something that we feel begrudgingly uh, grateful for receiving. These are supposed to be that sense of joy that's attached to being able to receive a present that we love and that we can't wait to put to use. And so my prayer for each one of us as we step into this week is that we would have a sense of anticipation about being able to do this, whether we've done one of these exercises before or whether we have never done this before. I pray for a sense of excitement about what it means to discover a little bit more about the way in which you have shaped us and that you have created us to be able to make a difference in the world. I pray that as we go through this, this would be an opportunity for us to learn more about ourselves and uh, for a bunch of us to have light bulb moments where we really are able to just say, oh, that makes so much sense now, as we understand that this isn't something that you are suddenly doing in us now for all of us. This is things that you've been doing throughout our entire lives, but that it brings clarity and sharpness to help us to understand the things that you want and need us to be doing so that we can make a difference. I also pray that it would be, as we've talked about today, something that's not just about us, but that it is about us individually, but that it is about us collectively as well. That as we do this, it gives us an opportunity to think about other people and to call out their spiritual gifts and to affirm them and to encourage them, but it also gives us a sense of being able to understand how important it is that we play the role that you've got for us to play because we're the only ones who can do that and that each one, as each one of us uh, does that and plays the role that you've got for us to play, we have the opportunity to do these amazing things that are so much bigger than what any of us could achieve on our own. So as we step into this week, help us to feel excited, encouraged and inspired about what it means to discover more about this as we continue to follow you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.